0: All right, Jay, man, so listen, I appreciate you giving us a tour of the space. Um, you my know, my pleasure. Well, at least giving the people a tour of the space yeah, because yeah. we've been here a couple times and it's always a pleasure being here. It's mm-hmm. always, uh, you know, good energy, good vibes being here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to kick it off with just giving us a background on you know who you are, how you got started in real estate, in the real estate space, mm-hmm. and kind of where you are now in your real estate game.
1: Awesome. So, um, to the audience, I mean, you guys know who I am, <laughs> but uh, my name is Jay Morrison, CEO, founder and fund manager of the Historic Tulsa Real Estate Fund, uh, the largest and first black-owned real estate crowdfund in the history of America. Major. Um, I'm an uh, activist as well, um, been in the space of activism for the last 10 years. I'm CEO and founder of the Jay Morrison Academy, now known as Legacy Center, Legacy Center University, mm-hmm. and um, Man, outside of those professional designations and being a four-time author now, two-time best-selling author, and a bunch of things I could, like, rattle off of a resume, right. uh, I'm also I'm a proud dad to three beautiful yeah. girls yeah. and, and yeah. husband to Ernestine Morrison, yeah. the queen Ernestine. And um, I got started in this space, uh, really introduced to real estate for the first time I ever even heard anyone talk about real estate when I was 17 years old in Baltimore, and I was uh, selling dope
0: you were living in baltimore? I was
1: hustling in baltimore. Oh, oh, God. God. <laughs> and I did get a crib on Alameda, mm-hmm. right? Wow. In 98. And um, you know, I got into the drug game at 15 years old, um, growing up in poverty in New Jersey and started a drug trafficking ring at 17 years old from uh, Harlem, New York to New Jersey, to Baltimore, to Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. And when I was in New York, one of my OGs, Kenny Byrd, was like, "Hey, um, you could buy all the cars. You I had a I bought a blue face American Rolex. Mm-hmm. And I just bought a new bracelet. And he like, the, he's like, the jewelry is cool. Mm-hmm. He's like, see everybody hustling out there? He's like, you buy all the cars and jewelry you want, but God ain't making no more land. Mm-hmm. He was like, buy land, supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And that seed stuck with me. I didn't go buy land right away, away right? right? I went and bought more, more jewels. I <laughs> <laughs> but um, I ended up going to prison at 18 years old in uh, New York, facing three years of life in prison for a quarter kilo of coke and a loaded handgun, served a year in prison, came home. Mm-hmm. When I came home from prison, my mom was trying to buy a house in New Jersey, and she was like, Maine, I need um, three grand um, for this loan I'm getting. At the time, I didn't know it was FHA loan. I know oh, now, right, right, but basically right. she needed 3% down yeah, for a house yeah, that was $100,000 in Somerville, New Jersey. And I said, go to the 10 bucks. I said, in my closet, there's a 10 billion box, And my mom took three grand, and she bought our family's first house.
0: That's so you know you're from up top, man. man you got a Timberland right. yeah. box. Yeah. You feel yeah. me? <laughs> so so so
1: technically my first real estate acquisition as a cash partner with my mom yeah. was 1999 um, as a, a cash partner. But then um, I went back to prison after you know, hustling for some more. Mm-hmm. And when I came home from prison from Maryland this time, I was down Eastern Shore, Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, the, the 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came home on a parole program, uh a pastor introduced me on in a men's group i was in introduced me to uh mortgages mm. and was like you got to have a job while you're on parole take this business card my wife's a loan officer mm. and i went and i put my best slacks on my button up <laughs> try to talk That's professional kind of yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and got the job at a mortgage company and learned about you know credit about financing stated income loans no doc loans and about how the mortgage industry works. and my family gave me a shot my grandma let me refinance her house i made like 2700. Yeah. My, my aunt Kay let me refinance her house I and mean, make like $3,300. I made mean, like six grand my first month yeah. from family refinancing the house. But, but I, I saw that paperwork, like you could make money pushing papers. Yeah, and so I'm um, yeah, pushing peas. You feel me? Make money pushing peas. You know what I mean? At 22 years old, I'm on parole. And um, that made me say, like, oh, this real estate thing is is kind of all right. And so I started building my credit. I'm like, I got pre qualified for a four unit um, apartment uh, building in Irvington, New Jersey. I didn't acquire it because it was like an issue with the the basement joist beam, but mm-hmm. I had as a as a young dope boy street entrepreneur mm-hmm. had my first kind of introductory in real estate mm-hmm. and um, didn't take it serious for like three more years later. Mm-hmm. I literally quit the game. Um, I walked away from South 10th in Springfield in North New Jersey. Quit the drug game like cold turkey. Like still had work left, mm-hmm. still had an operation going. I was just like, "Yo, I can't. If I keep doing this, I'm gonna be dead or jail by the time I'm 30." Mm-hmm. Right. And so I quit the game. Walked away. Went full steam ahead into real estate. Uh, got my first duplex. I'd already got a single family with my mom. Again, another one. Um, we told We had sold the first house. I made a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars off the one I had bought her in the '99. Mm-hmm. And um, I just saw the real estate was was lucrative and it was mm-hmm. something I could do, mm-hmm. coming from the streets, it's regardless right. of my record. It made big t- big time checks oh, and right. money. Yeah. 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 When I bought my first my first duplex with four acres of land, the seller got a check for like. 173000 or something. And I was like, yo, he just, crazy. he just racked crazy. up, he just cashed out on me. Right. And I was like, yo, so all I got to do is buy one of these right. and just sit it's on easy it easy. and just hold it yeah. and and just, you know, so I saw the equity game was serious, right? right. And um, so I started taking the industry serious, got my real estate license as well. So so in 2005, um, I started my first LLC, my first company, Mr. Real Estate LLC. And I call it Mr. Real Estate because I have my mortgage license, I have my real estate license. Because after I saw the commission that not only the, the the HUD sheet of what the seller made, I saw the commission the realtor made. Yeah. The realtor made like 13 grand off my off my property. He only sold me the house twice. Man. I'm like, well, I could have did that, right? So I got my real estate license. Just being a hustler, like, yo, I want every check I can get. And so I had my mortgage license, my real estate license. I had a couple of duplexes. A single family, and was just making my way in the industry. So I started my, my, my brand, Mister Real Estate, in 2005, and um by 2006, 2007, I ended up managing two mortgage companies. Had a multi million dollar real estate portfolio. Made my first million by 28 years old in, in the game. Mortgages, in, in. More, bro. I, I would I would close. I literally would get paid like seven ways on a transaction. Mm-hmm. So like, I end up like for instance, I was selling my aunt's house as a realtor, and her alarm went off. And I didn't have her code, so the cops came. I'm like, shit, you know what I'm saying? Excuse my lay on how you're doing a podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so the cops came. So the cop pulls up. I'm just gotta convince him, like, yo, look, I'm just a realtor, right? Here's yeah. my card. Yeah. And so he's like, cool. My aunt called. We put the passcode off. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, I'm selling my house too. So the cop okay, took me to his like crib, mm-hmm. and then I listed his crib, and then he had to find another crib, and I was the agent on the crib he had to find. <laughs> And I was an agent on the crib my aunt had to find. That's crazy. And then he needed a mortgage person. Wow. I did his loan on his crib. Then I did the mortgage for the people that was buying his crib. Wow. Oh man. And end up making cashing out on all of that. So, yeah. so I was doing that while I was Listen, investing.
0: That's the first cheat code for y'all, right? Literally. In real life. Stop leaving money on the table. Facts. Right? And not not just that, man. You gotta, you know, because to get those those licenses, mm. to get those. To be able to, to put yourself in that position, education. you gotta have an education. You Bro. gotta study. You, I'm sure you had to study your ass off the Bro. past- you know,
1: you nine months, study. I can't, I went to office like 7 a.m. to like 7 p.m., nine months studying under my broker, my, my, my manager, just yeah. learning the game, learning the applications, learning the loan products, just learning how the business work. Yeah. There wasn't even no online crash courses and all no. of that. Like this is, this is why people like they
0: spoiled the day, man. You can do so much of that online.
1: It's crazy. Bro, that's why my my knowledge base is so in-depth, because I really did it. Right. You know what I mean? This wasn't and just like, gone. yeah, it wasn't just like no wholesaler, you know, crumb snatcher, make a couple of dollars, now I'm in real estate. Like, like I and I've done that too. I made ninety three thousand wholesaling. Like, you know what I mean? Just learning the game, a large wholesale check. But like I just, I immersed myself in the business the same way I immersed myself in the block. In the street corner. And so um, leave, not leaving no checks on the table, I started growing and learning in the business and the learning in entrepreneurship and learning different things about professional etiquette and understanding financing. And I also understood, like, with mortgages, the more you know about how to finance and work, you control the money. You control the money, you control the deal. Yeah, no deal gets done without the bread, yeah. without most, the capital.
0: Most yeah. of the money in real estate is on the, in the paper. You know right. what I mean? It's, it is in the notes, in the, in the back end of the, what you see. It's not even in the bricks nine
1: times of ten, It's not. A lot
0: of money is locked into that paper. So.
1: Absolutely. If you want a home equity line of credit, mm-hmm. you need the capital. Mm-hmm. You want to refinance, you need the capital. Burr strategy, you need the capital. You can't wholesale a real estate transaction unless somebody comes to the table with the it's capital. Right. So if you understand how the money works, how the money moves, whether that money is through hard money, through soft money, through FHA, VA, USDA, however the money get there, mm-hmm. right? If you understand how the money moves, how to get to the money, then you can always be in control of any deal. So when you make yourself a value add in between that 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 capital mm-hmm. and the transaction, you can always print cash forever. Yeah,
0: I like that a lot. Yes. That's, that's a fact. Major, major keys, man, so so you get to the position where you, you put yourself in a position to take advantage of different aspects of a real estate deal, right? Um, you know, so now you knee deep into the space. Yeah. Okay, so now, Jim Morrison, you, you start I'm shoulder build. deep. There <laughs> you go. So now you start to build on top of that. What was your largest, like, let's say, one of your largest um, real estate transactions or deals or, let's say, one of your most proud of, I'll say?
1: Yeah, I think, um, and my career has been, like, 20 years now, right? So I got, like, different layers to it, right? So I got that wave- And then after that, I did like a bunch of entrepreneurship. Had some like cool things happen. I had a a nightclub in Hampton, Virginia. The the league that I was getting off the ground didn't get off the ground, but it was a great learning experience for me. Um, I've had other like uh, I had a record label. I had uh, a party promotion company. I had a staffing agency. Had different kind of companies. So I think like a lot of what I learned in entrepreneurship from real estate it really prepared me for entrepreneurship. And then I went into a phase as a celebrity realtor where I was working, I was the first black man hired by prominent property, Sotheby's International Realty in Bergen County, New Jersey. Oh. And um, I was selling multi-million dollar houses in Alpine, New Jersey. And I was on NBC as a celebrity realtor. I was on Today Show as a real estate expert yeah. on NBC's Today Show. Yeah. How, did you, how, did, how did that happen? Bro, how you, how hustling. How just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally like cold calling like, yeah. and I had um, my, 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 my female friend at the time, she was my publicist too. And she was just hitting up Google and just like hey I got yeah. I got Jay Morrison, blah blah blah, just pitching my story.
0: Second Chico, get you get you a get ride you. or die, man. Get yeah. you somebody to be in your corner, yeah.
1: man. And, 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 I, these, and I'm gonna tell you, if you ain't got somebody in your corner being your own corner, one thing I would do yeah. sometimes, I would call up um companies and I would be my own publicist. Yeah. i would be like, Hey, this is Brian, um this is Brian Hemingsway. Yeah. I'm calling for Jay Morrison and blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and literally book yourself. Yeah. Right? And so I would get myself booked on different speaking engagements like at, at inner city high schools and do my, my purpose and passion of, of teaching and educating. I started educating in schools uh, February 10th, 2011, I think was my first speaking engagement oh. in an inner city high school, teaching kids called hip hop to homeowners. And I was teaching kids using music and teaching them financial literacy, credit, and real estate wow. back in 2011. Wow, man, you know what man, I've been at this for a long time, man. And you've carrying it in now because we came to an event here uh, where you know for the uh, Big Brothers type program, yeah, Big Brothers right? Anonymous, Big Brothers
0: Anonymous, where you know carrying that same energy forward to the youth now in this space here. I mean, it's it, it kind of it definitely translates over from you know what you did in the past to now. It's continuing to educate the next generation, mm-hmm. so that's a very critical point.
1: Because that's how I feel we like how how I feel like we bridge the wealth gap. Yeah, right. 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 If we all knew what we know now, right. Back when right. we was. Yep. we be up always, yes,
0: you know, all the time literally and then on top of that man you know like i say this all the time as well like generational wealth is not just finance it's not just buildings it's not just real estate it's not just cash or stocks right generational wealth is actually is information mm-hmm. being able mm-hmm. to pass down the mindset pass yeah. down the knowledge pass down the information to the next generations how they're able to fend for themselves and to continue to grow wealth even if they don't necessarily start out with it right you can give a a, a rich kid a million dollars, ten million dollars, he can inherit that ten million dollars and blow, blow it because he doesn't have the, the right oh. information, the right mindset. Yeah. And on mm-hmm. the flip side, if we if we give that right mindset to our kids, they can start out with nothing and still excel. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that they should. <laughs> <because> Not <nothing> that <laughs> they should. That's what right. we are doing now. But right. the fact is that they can always make something more
1: out of it. Yeah. Excel. There's been so many um. I was grown men and women now, but who were kids in 2011, 12, yeah. who were like, "Yo, bro, like they 28, 29 now." Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, "If you came to my high school." I bought a triplex off the game you gave me in my high school, my junior year. Right.
0: So let me let me tell you a story then, in that case, to bring it full circle. So I got locked up in 2008. Mm-hmm. I was 18. I came home in 2011, which is when you started teaching the schools. When we I came home with the my, the, the group of you know my friends that, that, that we we came mm-hmm. home with together with, it was your videos that got us on the path to and getting into real estate. We are like, damn, this dude got felonies and stuff and he's in real estate, killing it, da. At that time, you we were doing like the block classes and things like that. We see vi- YouTube videos of those type of things. And uh, corner, it was like, yeah, corner, corner classes. Yeah, corner
2: classes.
0: It'd be That's like right. 2000, I think this was like 2013, 14, where I started to learn more but I'm like, damn, if he can do it. I can, I started start searching up as much as I could by wholesaling, trying to find mentors, trying to find, find uh, people that can guide me through it. And it wasn't until 2015 where I got my first deal with $1,000 to my name. I put that $1,000 down on a earnest money deposit on a property in Baltimore, and I flipped that house into 25K. You know what I'm saying? Dope. Just doing a lot of sweat equity. Because <laughs> yes. same thing, I couldn't get a job in anything else but construction when I came on, so I had some construction skills. And I, uh, that led me on my real estate career, which was short-lived, short, short-lived real estate career. <laughs> but I did, you know, I ended up flipping five properties that, that next year, you know, ended up getting a you know, portfolio about, almost about... I think I had about 250,000 in equity at that time. Um, but yeah, to bring it full circle, you know, it was the information you were putting out at that time that even got me into the real estate game in the first place to even get those experiences that I have now, which kind of let me down that path. So That's you
1: know, amazing. Like, and it's like, what's the ROI on that? Exactly. Right? right? Like being able to plant those seeds is infinite. infinite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's been a big part of my journey and passion. But so I had that phase of like teaching and the celebrity realtor. And I think at that time, uh, back to your question, my proudest moment at that time was I listed um, I didn't even sell it uh, ended up selling like 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 a year and change later but I busted my butt to break into Alpine New Jersey, which was the world's or America's richest Zip code mm. as a realtor really? and I courted this guy for several months um, he, he saw me on NBC called me up, hit my email and uh back when I had a, a lead lead magnet then right. back in 2012 <laughs> 2013 yeah. and um, hit my email and I courted him. And I ended up listing his $10 million French Chateau. And in Alpine, which is a very small town, but a very rich town, to come in as somebody with my background, my record, no college education, and to be listing a $10 million property for Sotheby's International Real Estate was like a big breakthrough for me, just in real estate, to be like, yo, I can go from the hood in Newark, New Jersey, Irvington, New Jersey, to Alpine, New Jersey. And it just like really proved to me like my level of skill, talent, and diversity Within the business, that I can go from the streets to the suites and just kind of maneuver around. So I was really proud of that opportunity, just to um, to even just win. Because mind you, you got like multi-million dollar listers that got fifty-six million dollar cribs in their belt. Like I mean, you got like real, oh, yeah. right? So to compete in that market that to get somebody's listing, and I was just new in that space with the world's uh, largest luxury real estate company. That was that was super awesome. So I would say out, outside of like the Black House and some of the, the the loans we've been able to give with traffic like, so also outside of developing real estate here, um, we've lent out over like uh, several million in capital to private developers, and so so I've I've helped uh, multiple Black women developers um, with funding, um, Black men developers with funding and lending uh, instruments, and so that's been like also proud to be able to empower others from a lending perspective. So,
0: yeah, for sure. For sure. what would you advise? You know, people who are out there right now who have, have an interest in real estate. Who want to get into real estate, or who, who are in real estate currently, but looking to scale to the capacity to be able to even get to a level like this, where they can either, you know, build a, a building like this, or build a fund like you've been able to fund, you know, replicate that type of process, whatnot. What type of advice would you okay. give to those to people like that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, everyone got to figure out where you want to start in the industry because I, I call it the hierarchy of real estate, Thor. Mm-hmm. There's like this thing that nobody talks about where you could be so many things in real estate. You got to find your sweet spot. Yep. So you could be a bird dog. That's somebody just refers somebody to a property and you get a referral fee. You could be a real estate agent where you actually get a license, professional designation and now you get a commission for that referral fee or be a broker of a real estate agent or you could be a loan officer like I was as well where you actually get paid to give out loans and help facilitate loans. But then you go into a wholesaler where you're a middleman in transactions, a middlewoman, right? But then you go for that. So all that is brokership I call it. Yeah. But then outside of brokership you get into ownership so ownership is like being a homeowner that could be being a landlord mm-hmm. that could be um, by, by buying short sales right, right. So some people just focus on short sales focus right. on foreclosures right? right you could be a commercial real estate developer you go on to tax liens I've, I've purchased tax liens before as well so it's tax liens onto fund management onto buying real estate notes you could, you could actually buy the mortgage note from the banks and flip those notes so you, or to fund management and then the highest hierarchy of real estate is actually being the bank. Like being a bank chairman and owning a bank, the banks control more real estate than any institution in, in America, wow. right? And so if you're looking to get started in real estate, don't let any of that intimidate you. I'm just saying a lot of times we say we want to do real estate, and we think doing real estate is just being a realtor. Right. Doing real estate is just wholesaling. <laughs> doing real estate is just flipping a house. you got to understand that, like, all those strategies weigh and in play into the game, right? And so when you understand that chessboard and the hierarchy of real estate – you then now could be like, you know what? Ooh, I kind of like this. I kind of like short sales. I kind of like foreclosures. I kind of like tax liens. Like, like, like. I have like my my, my, own, my friend Chantel Owens, the tax lien queen. I mean, she's made, become a multi millionaire just investing in tax liens. Like, that's her niche strategy, right? And so, I think finding out what strategy you really like and what niche fits you, and trying different things as you're kind of new in the industry. So it's a really broad world, and recognizing that we're all in real estate. Like every single person you know is in real estate, whether they like it or not. It just depends what kind of what side of the coin are they on. Like us sitting here right now, we in real estate. Right. The last podcast you did, where was you at? In the real estate. Definitely. In real estate. Where you gonna sleep tonight? Where that's gonna be? Yeah, where, you, where your son was born. 100%. Where they go to school. Yep. When y'all break bread from here and go eat, what's it gonna be? Yep. So no matter what it is, we're all gonna be in real estate, whether it's residential, commercial, agricultural, even just buying land, is real estate. It's the essence of real estate or industrial, so I just say find out what niche fits you, it might be buying land, you might want to be farming and agricultural you might want to get warehouses and event spaces you might want to do commercial real estate, multifamily apartment complexes, so just see what niche fits you and don't get in your own way, don't say I don't got the cash I don't got the credit, I can't do this because it's big, you don't need cash or credit you just need strategy, you don't have a cash problem you don't have a credit problem, you have a strategy problem there's
0: always a way, that's for sure facts okay, so now all right, so we got to basically, you know, where we were, how you got to this point now. So sure. We get to the point where you launched Trap. You got Trap. You got the, you know, so actually, break breakdown to so was like what, how you got came across, or how you got the idea, concept, even do a fund in the first place. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. too many people have done them, or I don't even think there's anybody in our com- community, the that's black community, that's yeah. done it to the, to the scale that you have. Um, so, how did you get the idea to do it? And then, like, what was kind of, like, the process of getting it
1: done in the first place? Yeah, there's just two things that really happened that um, kind of ignited the Tulsa Real Estate Fund, what we call Treff. And that is, one, I was um, partnering with a guy out of Long Island um, who had a lot of wealthy friends, and we were looking to buy multifamily apartment complexes. And I'm like, bro, I don't got a lot of millionaire <laughs> friends and people to hit up like that, Right. right. But at the time, this probably was like 2014, 2015, I had a decent Instagram following, not as big as I had today, but decent following. And so I put on Instagram like, hey, I'm looking to buy a couple properties and um, you know, I'm looking for anybody that wants to partner on them, $10,000 minimum, um, you know, not because I need it, but because you know, it's an opportunity for you. If you're interested, DM me or email me. And we got like 80 DMs in like a matter of like an hour. of People like, oh, I got 10,000, I got 10,000, I got 10,000. And so I was like, whoa, I'm looking at something here. And then I brought it to my attorney, and he was like, no, 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 you can't do that. Right, right, right. You you, you know, you'll you break blue sky laws if you do that. And she was breaking down to me the regulations of, like, raising capital, which is, like, new to me, right, at that level. And so I was like, okay. But I was like, well, how can I leverage my audience and my influence to raise capital, right, for real estate and, and just opportunities? So that I that was one. Actually, there's another. Back in 2007, when I was doing mortgages, I was looking at hotels and other kind of, like, big assets. Mind you, I was st- only two years in the game at that point. Yeah. Right. But I'm like, yo, what if like this ball player, and what if Young Jeezy, and what if this one, what if everybody came together? We could buy this hotel. It's only right. $1.8 million. We could yeah. buy this. Is only right. So I already had that mindset back in 2007. I'm like, yo, we could easily chip in and put it together because every time I wanted to do a deal in 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, I had to always go to like my Jewish partners, right. and they would fund our deals. Right. So I'm like, yo, why can't we put our dollars together and do what they're doing? So that was kind of another seed that was planted. Yeah, and then in two thousand and fifteen I was a part of the Freddie Gray uprising in Baltimore when that happened, Freddie Gray was murdered and um during a panel after the uprising and protest, um some of the members of Baltimore community was like, Yo, we need we uh, we need to build a black wall street, yo So it was like, All right, you wanna build a Black Wall Street? I was like, All right, cool, like that's my watch. What's up? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Meet me after. So we all met after start talking about it and I was like, Well, if we're gonna build a black wall street, like what's that look like though? Yeah. It's cool to say it. Yeah. It sounds cliche and say it, but like, the details. how do you get there, right? Okay. And so I was like, we need a financial institution. Right. And so I remembered Backing. the conversation I had with my lawyer about capital raising. Mm-hmm. So I went back to my lawyer, like, look, what can we do now? And coincidentally, President Obama had just passed the JOBS Act, okay. which made it now it changed the laws mm-hmm. where non-accredited investors, which are those who make less than a million or have a net worth less than a million dollars, or make less than 250000 a year, right. non-accredited investors could invest with their accredited investors now. Mm-hmm. And you can do it publicly, you could do it loud, you could do it on Instagram, you could do it, right? So I was like, I want that, how do we do that? Right. And it's called, it's called a Reg A tier two fund. And so in 2015, we embarked on it. 2016, we formed a company, Toast Real Estate Fund LLC, went through the SEC, began an SEC filing, it took about a year and a half to get qualified by the SEC, Security Exchange Commission. Mm-hmm. And we went through the whole process of pioneering um, uh, something that's never done in our community. Uh, I want to, I
0: want I want to take a second to just kind of reflect on that for a second, right? Because what's crazy about that is, or not even crazy, you know. But what's uh, beautiful about that, I should say, is that you had a black president, right? Mm-hmm. Facts you implemented a law, an act, right, that allowed for a black entrepreneur to now create a vision. You know for recreating what we you know have known as black wall street in the past from fifteen thousand thousand
1: 15,000 plus, plus. Families, yep
0: right wow. to come together to build you know even the black house that we're sitting in today right so that there's a lot of
1: black thing, right there in that conversation boy black.
0: <laughs> during black history
1: Month, right
0: but um there's a lot in that in that in that one fact right and, and a lot of times you know people don't see the effects of things, you know, when we look at uh you know, even you know, us being from the DMV area, we see things that you know Mary and Barry did back in the day. Despite all the, the drama things he had going around him, he was responsible for creating, you know, most most of the black millionaires we have today, or the most black millionaires of any one, you know, particular reason or, or effect. So there's a there's a there's something to be said of, you know, A, you know, black politics, mm-hmm. first and foremost, black black in politics, participating in the political game. But then also us being aware of what's happening, what's available to us right. in that space. Because if you hadn't picked up on the Jobs Act and, and its effect, right, you
1: wouldn't even have been able yeah. to... It's to a lost cause, Bush yeah. Bush Bush, right? so, and then we say, Obama didn't do anything for us. Obama like, that that to me, through threw exactly. an alley
0: Exactly.
1: That, that was a Trojan horse. Like, exactly. yo, y- y'all go get it. I'm throwing exactly. it up. Right. Go get it.
0: Exactly. Right. And that, that's that's a thing, a, a really powerful thing to, reflect on and to pay attention to. Even things, you know, we we now you mentioned earlier... We're doing the walkthrough, being in the opportunity zone, mm-hmm. and what impacts. Even though you know, obviously we know where that, who that came from, right? Right. And, and, and uh, you know, w- whatever it may be, the fact of the matter is, learning how those opportunity zones impact and allow for us to, you know, to create something or Correct. to you know, benefit from something is an important thing. So you can't you can't beat the game unless you play the game. Is the whole point. Facts. You know, and you, you know, that's just, that's just a, a thing i want everybody about to make sure they take away from that. Right. Um that's crazy. Okay. So where
1: were we at? All we right, so an we answer. were Treff, Yeah, Treff. how we got there, reggae 2015, 2016. So we finally get qualified. I remember the day, it's like February. We get the paper in the mail, like, SEC has qualified you for a fun. We like, yo. After I a could, year and a half. After a year and a half. So That's you got to put, it's like, so like Instagram, YouTube, the world sees me today like, okay, Jay Morrison here. But like, remember, I lived my life. Mm-hmm. So you got to remember, this is. 15-year-old Jay yeah. starts selling drugs, starts selling crack in Somerville, New Jersey, 2nd and Center Street. 16-year-old Jay drops out of high school. 17-year-old Jay goes back to an alternative program at-risk youth and graduates from an alternative program. Gets locked up four months later, goes to Rikers Island, C74, Mod 3 Upper. And I go through this whole journey and story of life, the mortgage, come, all this stuff, and now here I am, right? No college education as a, a fund manager trying and pioneering something that no one has done up no blueprint for, but just wanting to do something better for my people mm-hmm. that apparently no one has been intentional about. Mm-hmm. And so we we hype on um, 2018 February and then we begin the marketing plan for the launch and we're like, what better day to launch than June 1st, 2018, mm-hmm. which is the anniversary of the Black Wall Street bombing and massacre. And so we start doing this like you know marketing countdown and rollout. We'd already built like an email list and momentum. And um, mind you, I, I solicited so many founding partners. Like I asked so many people to be a part of this in the beginning, and they're like, ah, "I don't know. I don't really know what that is." Or, "Ah, that's kind of scary. Oh, my reputation. Uh, you know, uh, you know, different things." And so I'm like, "Yo, I thought like it was my call. I knew it was my calling actually. Cause I, I felt I knew it was my calling to do, regardless if I had anybody rocking with me or not. It was like which is what I had to do." And um, we launched on June 1st, and it just spiked. We raised like maybe like two, three million overnight. And then, like I think, four to six million the first like four or five days, like within the first week, and just went viral everywhere. And it was just like so much love and so much support. Um, that support then brought a negative energy too with it. But um, it was historic. It was epic. I mean, that that we raised, uh, I think it was like nearly seven million, man, like in the first like week wow. to ten days, and just um, mind you, just off a of concept, off a of idea. Yeah. We didn't have a black house then. It wasn't anything. It was like, yeah. yo, let's just come together and do we something. Do something. And the community responded um, overwhelmingly.
2: Power also of social media these days that people don't realize. Like I mean, just you alone and your network, the people that you're sitting on, you're sitting on so much opportunity. Like in these day and age, I mean, you can reach out to your audience, and you never know like who is who really in your audience, yeah. and if not them directly, who they know Right. directly as a secondary, you know, affiliation.
1: So. And what that compound interest happens, right? So from from that compound interest, then Nipsey Hussle, I mean, um, Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. Reached out, was like, yo, bro, I wanna I got ten thousand on it. And then Dr. Boyce Watkins seen that. He like, yo, I got ten on it then. And then Sean King, like, yo I got ten thousand on it then. And then D- D- Demarius Thomas, huh? Who's who's, who's he who's he, who's. he pledged, he didn't get the chance to uh to, to invest, but but he he, he pledged okay. then um then uh Dr. Boyce and Demarius Thomas rest in peace, who just passed away, our brother who f- played for the Broncos, he put up ten, and B. Simone came in and Kerry Hillson came in, hmm. like and it was just a, a swell. You know, my, my wife, Ernestine Morrison, she led a wave of, like, queens that came in and invested. And it was just, like, a beautiful collective effort, you know, just of of, of our community standing up. And the other communities as well. Like, we got we got white uh, members of Treff, We got Hispanic members of Treff, We got Indian members of Treff, Like, all that. And I asked one of our, our um, you know, uh, one of our white members, Caucasian, European, American, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, why, why'd you invest? And he was like, yo, I believe in what y'all are doing. Like, you're doing something great for your people, and I support that. You know, so it was just amazing to see that kind of... um just kind of response. And it proved it wasn't about for me ever just like this one fund, this one company. Right. It was like, yo, can we actually pull off a model that's right. duplicatable right, 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 right. to do for other funds, to right. do for other business ventures? Can we have an agricultural fund, health and wellness fund, right? Can we, right? So it was, it was never about like, yo, this one Jay Morrison real estate fund. Right. It was like, yo, can we prove a model of group economic, yes, process, systems, right. protocols, procedures. Right. Can we actually pull off some... Listen, if we're gonna fight a system, we need systems to fight a system. That's a fact. Yeah. You need institutions yeah. to fight institutions. So. Yeah, so, I'm like, can we create our own financial institution to combat yeah. what we've been going against this other institution? So, yeah, no, we're bad. super proud of that. Yeah.
0: for sure, for sure. No, that's a fact. So So, um, yeah, man, you definitely gotta replicate. Replicate is, is something that's big. And again, gotta shout out Keys for the gym. Yeah. You know, systemize what you can, systemize, right? and Everything you can systemize is what you focus on, right? That's that's where you, that's, that's where you put your own personal energy, right? To, right? Mm-hmm. Everything else on autopilot, everything right. else got to be on autopilot. And, and you know, again, to the point, we are combating the system, you know what I'm saying? So, being able to replicate is one of the most important things. If you look back on any of our historical leaders, you know what I'm saying? It's it, once one of them had gone down, a lot of the movements died with them, you yep. know what I mean, for sure. And I feel like that's that we have to learn from those lessons because. It, a lot of our movements were contingent on one person, mm-hmm. saying, or you know, one person leading a group. Correct. You know, but the systems that are, you know, um, the, you know, the ones that did were systemized to a degree. Are the ones that are standing in any way, shape, or form today. And why, uh, you know, uh, groups like that, right, have those systems. So it's definitely very powerful. So going through the process of uh, the SEC you know, regulations. I got two questions, two parts, right? Short time. From, from what you said, one being, you know, the process of going through the SEC, uh, you know, uh, guidelines, I know that you have to jump through all those hoops, I'm sure mm-hmm. it was a whole process and that we've been trying to take our company public, we got a whole lot of processes that we're mm-hmm. working on through that process, right, mm-hmm. which is where we're tackling. Um, so I know that that was difficult. And then the second question, follow up on that is, you mentioned like the negativity that came with the positive. Right. Mm-hmm. And how you've been able to manage, like, coping with that or dealing with that type of stuff that kind of came with all that. You know what I mean? So, first question, SEC.
1: Yeah, SEC, man. Um, that to me also was like a rite to passage. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, you want to do a big boy business? That's like, what you, go through. you feel me? It was like, yo, can you get through it? Like, most people back away from it because it's like, you know, it makes the information public, and it's like, you know, all kind of levels of financial disclosure and all those kind of mm-hmm. things. And so for me, as an as a entrepreneur, was like anybody can start an LLC. Like my daughter can start an LLC. Like anybody could like, right do that filing. But can you go through the SEC? Right? So to be able to do that was like a right to passage. And, and, and also, again, something that we needed to go through. And now we've been working with a lot of other up-and-coming fund managers and coaching them and advising them on how they can start their own funds. Like we got the sauce. Like I, I, I totally we, – we know it inside and out. for Going on four years now – We understand compliance, investor relations. We understand the semi-annual reporting, the annual reporting. We understand the different fund mechanisms, the treasury, the bookkeeping, process procedures, protocol, personnel, my four Ps, right? Mm -hmm. Um, All of that. And so, like, for now, it's just time for, like, uh, looking at ways we can duplicate. So the SEC piece was, like, um, again, uh, a big challenge, big stack of paperwork, all kinds of you got to fill out all in your background and me having a background I had I'm like man ain't gonna prove me man yeah. but I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try anyway I'm not gonna you know tell myself no you know I was I was saying if there's little to lose and a lot to gain why not try yeah and yeah, so that's a code right there. yeah you feel yeah, me exactly. it's a little to lose a lot, lot, lot to gain why not try so so we, we hopped in and um you know we got qualified and that was amazing yeah, yeah.
0: that's special Gosh, no that's dope man I know me in person I hate jumping through all those moves myself so I know exactly what you're saying <laughs>
2: right now i've always wondered right as a person that's like you know um trying to like let's say just a complete beginner right trying to get into the real estate which one of your real estate endeavors was one of your like you would say one of your favorite or least path of least resistance to get into like breaking into the real estate space was it you Know get into wholesale, or was it like you know doing the rentals
1: or flipping? Yeah, or that, or which one of those would you say is? I, the least the yeah, business? I say I, I tie um rentals, right? Being a landlord, mm-hmm. I think it's like it's really easy to buy a two to four unit property, right? Right? It's like not that hard, especially with like current day lending guidelines. And back then, it was 100% financing, stated income, mm-hmm. so you could state how much you make, mm-hmm. get 100% financing, and get your closing costs, including the loan. And just go buy a property, right? So, so right. But even now it's not so bad, right? Even when you look at like buying a property with like 3% or 5% down, mm-hmm. and even if you personally don't have that 3 or 5% down, you can do it with a co-borrower. Mm-hmm. So you could bring in actually multiple co borrowers So you could bring in four, five, six, seven people on one loan. Right. So if you don't have the bread but you might have the credit, you could bring on somebody else that will come in to be a co-borrower on that loan, and then allow you to be able to house hack or be able to buy that two to four unit property, right? Mm-hmm. So I think being a landlord is like, and then that, being a that landlord, obviously you got the rental income, the tax advantages, and you get that appreciation over time. And you, and if you buy right and use some of our systems of like buying off-market properties, you're now buying with instant equity. You could refinance that property after just a few months, right? Get a new loan, cash out, and then use that money to go buy your next property, right? Which is the burst strategy. So I just think. Um, that landlording was like really, really easy in regards to like path lease positions. Like I think everybody has a capacity to do that. You can even use the future rental income of the units that you're gonna be renting out. Right. That, that income I mean. helps you qualify for the loan as well. Money that's you seven, didn't even receive yet. That, right? Up to 90 percent, depending on your bank right yeah. so you can use your future rental income you can use even section 8 vouchers right, right. so 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 many like strategies there that makes it more affordable right. even down to like a 68 610 620 right. sometimes 580 credit score you could buy a two to four unit property mm-hmm. or even right. two to four units with a store attached mm-hmm. so you can even buy what's called residential mixed use right. right so that was easy and then um wholesaling of course right kind of being a middle person to a transaction um you're able to just find Good opportunities, good deals, right. and find people that want to buy those good deals. Right. Get in between, right? And and in, in my my prime of that, um, I caught a plug of um, a Jewish firm that was like unloading mad properties for cheap, mm-hmm. and I had exclusive rights on all the properties. And then I had being a mortgage loan officer, I had a whole bunch of buyers because mm-hmm. I was qualifying the buyers, right. so I was able to just facilitate. Absolutely. Merge those worlds, and, that, that, and that's really like really the cheat code, to real estate, right? Is your ability, your ability to be, the priest? Mm-hmm. Can you marry the two worlds right. and get paid in between, right? So I was, so that's a big thing. Like if you can understand and the dope part about this, I want to give you guys is um, you know, everybody with 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 money, people don't even know it sometimes, has the same problem. Mm-hmm. Is opportunity cost of money? Yep, yep. Is what can I do with my money better than where it's currently at? Right? Where can I barely, right? And that could be the equity. So I have five kinds of rich equity rich, it could be equity in your home, mm-hmm. asset rich, it could be a stock portfolio, crypto portfolio, NFT portfolio, gold, whatever, right? So you have these assets. Is that the best place for your assets? Is there a better opportunity for those assets, right? For the capital those assets bring? Mm-hmm. So you have equity rich, asset rich, cash rich. You've got cash sit in shoebox, safety deposit box, in the bank, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have those who are credit rich. Mm-hmm. You might just have a healthy credit profile. That can be leveraged for a $25,000 cash advance or for a personal loan or for a business loan or you can liquidate the credit card, right? Mm -hmm. You got credit rich and you got those who are rich in ambition. Those who may not have the cash, equity, credit or assets but know how to hustle and know how to get it. So if you take those people that have the capital and they all trying to figure out how can I flip this capital to make more money for me Mm -hmm. and then you make yourself a value add in real estate like, yo, I know how to find off market opportunities and I find good rental properties, good flip properties, good commercial properties. And all you got to do is go to those people and make the ROI make sense. Either someone like us already knows that ROI opportunity or someone doesn't even know. Like, hey, auntie, you got that 401k or you got that equity in your home that's just sitting there. We could cash out on that and you could buy this. And if the tax advantage is you'll save this much money on taxes and off the rental income, you just want to cash the 20% you'll put down, which is say on a $300,000 property, of 60 grand. Mm-hmm. On that 60 grand, you can make back 12,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Right? What's that ROI? 20% ROI, right? Okay, cool. That's is that greater than your bank? Is that greater than equity in your home? Is that greater than your 401k? Right. Then not to mention Auntie, from that, you also got equity in it in the next property. And so if you can explain to people because remember 90% of Americans don't know Crap about financial literacy and real right. estate, cause we weren't taught it intentionally. Mm. So when you learn this real estate industry, remember, it, real estate runs the world. Real mm. estate is the only industry of all industries that every industry needs real estate. Right. Real estate don't need every industry, right? right? Real estate literally runs the world. Mm. It literally is Everywhere the world itself. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere you go, right? right. E- even even blockchain. Right. Blockchain can't exist without real estate. Mm. That's true. Where your servers gonna be? How can you have crypto without real estate? That's you can't have NFTs without real estate, right? So when you learn, that's why I love this industry. So when you learn the nuance of this industry, you're important to everything and everybody. Right. And so when you understand how money works, and you understand real estate is important and how you evaluate these deals, and you get in between that, you can print cash out of thin air forever. Yeah.
0: No, that's
2: not not, that printer. was actually, that was a bar. That was literally like that the a detail. Bar. Yeah.
1: Black album. Yeah. Blackout from the Black House. Okay.
0: Black, black house. house, no, that's a fact, man. Um, yeah. So talking about, so um, first of all, I want to, so two things, man. Sure thing. I still want to get back to the to the other to the second question on the first part. Yes. But the the other part of this question is relating to the four, you know, just talking about two to four units. Right. You know, having co-borrowers, right? That's actually that actually is a is a pretty dope hack because you know, let's say you're getting a four-unit property and you might not have the capital. But you know, two other people to have the capital, right? Essentially, you know, they can co-borrow on the loan. They can bring whatever it may be, part, split the down payment
1: on that. Correct.
0: Property, right, and you each can essentially take, you know, take one of the apartment, one of the units, right? Right,
1: or take one of the bedrooms in one unit.
0: Oh, I mean, I mean, you can rent out each one of those units, right? Right. But then let's say one of those units, you know, the cash flow from that unit belongs to you, cash flow from that unit belongs to you, cash uh, flow from that unit belongs so to you. So Y'all split up whatever the mortgage is, pay the mortgage and whatever the free cash flow is, is your free cash flow from yeah, that, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like this something like that that really is like when you say somebody being rich and ambition, it seems like there's no real you the opportunity is there. It's, it's not stopping be you. Creative enough to find it, to mm-hmm. structure it. And to do
1: what it is. But again. how can you be creative on something you don't know? You don't know. You don't, you don't even know what you don't know.
0: Foundation And yeah, creative finance in general. I mean, that is 100%. The more you learn about real estate, the more you'll be able to connect those dots. Right? Yeah. It seems like there's all these different se- separated dots, right? Right. But the more you learn in real estate, the more you can connect. And the more you connect, you the more your opportunities you got,
1: right? For y'all, for instance, I'm going to answer your second question to the other one. i do not forget it. Mm-hmm. But another hack, like tax liens. Right, so here in Georgia, if you buy a tax, if, I only say if you buy, not even hypothetical. What I've done, mm-hmm. right? So I went to the county court steps. Mm-hmm. I bought a tax lien for twenty-two thousand. I had twenty-two thousand sitting in my savings account, and it was only getting me like one point something percent interest. Right. Mm-hmm. Opportunity cost of money, yo. I want my twenty-two earning better than that. Right. So yeah. I went to the county court steps and I did my research and due diligence first on the property I was bidding on, yeah. and I bid on the property and I won the bid at twenty-two thousand. So that means I bought somebody's tax lien they owed and they had to pay me back 20% interest within the first year, right? If they don't pay me back 20% and my money, I then on day 366 can file for foreclosure and take the property for that 22. Or at day 366, they got to pay me 31% interest. So I, I literally did this. So I paid the 22, got the tax lien, right? Got the info, whatever the case is. Went through the whole year, didn't hear nothing. Putting the foreclosure paperwork, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to steal off. It's a condo in Jonesboro worth like sixty-seven thousand. So mind you, I paid twenty-two is worth like sixty-seven thousand. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna give it to my daughter It's my my daughter's graduation present. Right, right, right. And at like a week before I was foreclosing on it, the person came somehow got some money from somewhere and paid it all off. With 31%. But with thirty-one percent interest mm-hmm. on the money, Man, right?
2: How long did that
1: take? Said, well, a little over a year. A year? Uh, so about just, about four yeah. about fourteen months. So, but think about it though. You say, "Well, I don't got twenty-two thousand, but right. do you have so? Instance, do you have four people with ten or, or two people with ten thousand?
0: Right.
1: Or four people with five thousand? Uh, yeah. That, mind you, not even your own five thousand. So here's how you syndicate real estate. Another cheat code. Oh, yeah. Syndicating real estate is you just being the quarterback, the maestro, the point guard. Right. Right to a deal. You don't even got a, the manager of a deal. You don't even have even money in a deal. Mm-hmm. So you could say the the four people here are right, you, you got five, you got five, you got five, you got five. Great. I'm gonna find out what you're getting on your five. 1%? What you gonna get on your five? Oh, I'm getting seven on mine. What you gonna get on your five? Oh, I'm getting nothing. It's in my shoebox. Right. What you gonna get on year five? Matter of fact, I'm losing 7% interest on inflation every year. Inflation? Yeah. Your money sitting in cash in your shoebox is losing 7% a year. Right? right? So, boom. I said, right, I got an opportunity for y'all. It's gonna be secured by real estate. Right. Y'all all could put $25,000 in, 20000 and I'm gonna make sure, I'm gonna guarantee everybody back at least 15% or at least 12%. So I take the five from everybody, get the 20,000, go buy the tax lien, whether it's the 20% they buy me out of or the 30%, everybody else gets back 12%. I get the 8% overage. Or if it's 30%, now I'm getting 18% overage. So y'all invested, y'all got 12% of your money beating everywhere your money is at right now, but I got 18% in 14 months for putting it all together with no money out of my pocket, just with the knowledge and strategy. That's called... That's
2: that's a cheat code.
1: Creating That's money, a out, Create money, out, yeah, of a money out of thin air,
2: maestro. Dot connector.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, of course. Y'all got, y'all got I work. I work for you guys. Yes, of course. What do you mean? I got more than five K.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you could do that with so many kind of deals, right? Taxing, short sales, foreclosures, notes, whatever. So if you know a strategy that produces a great ROI. And you are credible enough. I gotta say, knowledge plus credibility equals influence. Yeah. So you got the knowledge, you got the credibility. You now have influence. You now leverage that influence to syndicate and put together plays. 100%. Now but you, don't... you
0: gotta know how to quarterback it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. A quarterback yeah. don't know the plays. They ain't never a quarterback. Yeah, Can't be a quarterback sitting in the pocket. You don't know what the play is. You have no idea who that's the players you are. You don't
1: know the audibles. You know throw the ball. <laughs> you don't you know get know tackled. It. Yeah, that's what in you in real know. life. In real life. It's a crazy, you said know? block knocked off. Right. <laughs> so, you know, the game, the, the whole game here, and, and again, this is a great metaphor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The whole game here, you got to know the game. You got to mm-hmm. learn the game. Right. You got to know what the plays are. Got to know where the players you You
0: know, got to know who the players are. Yep. So you can be able to quarterback what you need to quarterback Fish in France. order to go ahead and score and mm-hmm. get yourself. And then, of course, you need to, you need to cheat codes to the game. You, I mean, like, you, you feel me? The cheat create codes create in the a game. player. <laughs> It's very hard to lose.
1: You, got you the feel team. me? Up, up, down, down, that's left, right, left, right, great. B-A, B-A, select, yeah, star. Get <laughs> your player
0: all the way on 99. You, yeah, you feel that's me? That's how you get there, all-stars. Man. You need all-stars on your team. No, yeah, it's true, man. Dope, so let's dope. Appreciate
1: that, man. So you asked that question. You said um, yeah. the negativity that came with the positivity.
0: Yeah, let's, yeah. let's just touch on me. So you know, because uh, you know, it's definitely, obviously, it's a thing, right? Right. Um, and I think it's something that we face a lot of times in our communities. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. with these misunderstandings, things like that. So I guess just touch on that. As far as like how you've been able to kind of navigate that space with mm-hmm. things you've dealt with going through that whole process,
1: yeah, I'm gonna give you the the, the high frequency short version of it that yeah. I, that I've come through right. It. it was a long journey right. the last three years going being this um, pioneer, this right. trailblazer, um, raising yeah raising over 11.5 million dollars first in the space right. Um, but what I what, what God gave me, and I'm a God fearing man, y'all you know, uh, to the core. What God gave me is you're in good company. Every great man that did great things, bro. What was the result? Look at the wall, Marcus Garvey. What was the result? What they say about him? Frederick Douglass went through it too. Mm-hmm. What they say about Malcolm over there? What they say about Muhammad Ali? Mm-hmm. Yep,
2: Muhammad.
1: Yeah. Every man that done did great things. King, like that's. It's gr- good. You, you you in good company. You in great company, right? right? And so that that's really how I've been able to um keep my masterpiece and dealing with it is like, if if you. Call yourself a revolutionary or a change agent, mm-hmm. right? And you talk about changing the culture and all of that, mm-hmm. and you think you're gonna go through that without, just, uh, free. without you know, I man. They say they say first through the door gets the bloodiest. Right. If you think you're gonna go through without a scar on you, man, you fooling yourself. You're not really a change agent. You 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 a simulator. Right. You assimilating with the system. You're not really you're not just really disrupting your system if you don't have any pushback from right. Yeah, exactly. So 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 with um any scrutiny, negativity, all those things, they all been right to passage as well. Yeah. Right? Um I went through an SEC investigation for eighteen months. Yeah. I went through an FBI investigation for eighteen months. Those I are got, the
2: big boys, man. You, you feel me? It's the me mention of their names. Make I don't know. I,
1: I got the, I got the video on my phone from our from my house camera. The FBI came to the door, knocked on the door. My wife answered, like, hey, you got right? Man, it's crazy. But after eighteen months, both agencies came back and said no findings. It's a right to passage, man. Big boy I stuff. Cancels, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. You going you to stand or you going to fold? Yeah.
0: No, that's a fact, man. I mean, That's definitely a fact, man. So, you know, being able to navigate that, I think, is, is definitely key. Because, I mean, that's that definitely is enough to make a lot of people
2: sweat. You know what I'm saying? Well, or so <laughs> quit. Tap yeah. out. Well, quit. Or support me. People don't continue after that. Why, would I, why should I try to continue and be a trailblazer, right? To set an example for other people to win when I can just quit? And just be, because I have the information. I can just go out there and replicate, multiply my money whenever I feel like multiplying my money. Right? Facts. That's what, that's what comes with education, and knowing, you know, a process and how to navigate a system. Mm-hmm. If you know how to navigate a system, it's nothing but to get out there and really put your, you know, hard work, boots on, and just get out there and just make it happen. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Put in is definitely mm-hmm. something that comes very easy to a lot of people when, you know, hardships. When the pressure's is place. on. When the pressure's yeah, on. Right. Yeah. So when you start getting that person turned on, it yeah. definitely becomes
1: a thing. Yeah, I, we got Black House and Black Mecca, man. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. ATL, man. Shout out to ATL. Yeah, sure. yeah. ATL's on the come up, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been it's coming high, up. It's, it's it's out of here. Yeah, it's going. Yeah. It's, going it's going out of
0: here. Yeah. All right, man. So, look. So, i want to go ahead and recap cheat that I've, I've heard during the course of this conversation, right? Let's do it. Cheat I've heard is to, first off never leave money on the table. Right. You know, do what you can do to put yourself in a position to maximize. Because if you're going to do it anyway, you're going to be in a transaction anyway, you're going to be, you know, working, doing something anyway. You might as well do it to its fullest capacity. But in order to do that, you're going to need to learn how the game works, learn who the players are, learn what the plays are, right? How to make those moves. And obviously, you got to practice, right? You got (laughs) to get your hands on the ball and get that practice in, right? So you know how to navigate the game. And run the place. You're going to have to educate yourself because that is the the core components doing all of that. Yeah. Education. You know, when you know how, when you have the education, especially Mm -hmm. in something like real estate, you're able to take dots. Real estate is full of dots from the notes to rentals to, you know, wholesaling. There's multiple dots in one transaction and one piece of real estate that goes into that, right? When you know, when you have the education, you're able to connect those dots. Put the things in place that need to be put in place, so that you mm-hmm. could actually benefit from that experience in that in that that game, right? or that or that uh that move. Right. Um, those ones I got. What else yeah. you got? You
2: got else? So the more practical thing that I got personally that I plan on putting in use and you know giving out there, unlocking the cheat code as we say, <laughs> um, is the tax lien thing, man. Like that's some serious. Like I mean, like you got people that have money sitting out there. I mean, you got your friends, just within your friends and family, I promise you, you can raise $10,000 for the right property. Get your hands on the right property. Instead of your money sitting in a savings, getting you 0.01 returns on your Mm. savings account. A dollar, $10, not even $10, a dollar, you know (laughs) what I'm saying? A year, you can go ahead and get you a nice property that has a tax lien, by the tax lien, You can get 31, up to 31%. You get 20% on the year. If the person decides to pay late on some late-comer type of thing, you get 31%, which is absurd. Right then and there, you would have made $3,100 out of thin air in just within like somewhere between 8 to 12 months or even 14 months, potentially. Uh, Or or,
1: or walked away with a property at a a deep discount, and now you get the rental income from that property, the equity in that property, the tax advantages from that property right it's crazy. all from the opportunity costs and
2: then imagine replicating this every year you every get one year, property compounding interest 10 years comes like this like that's what i've experienced within the last 10 years of 2022 2012, i remember like it was yesterday yeah you know what i'm saying so 10 years comes like this if you're gotten a property every year just one property we're not talking about a bunch of properties so you're over-leveraging yourself just one property a year with your close friends and family you would have 10 properties right now Yeah. cash flowing you some serious Amount of money, and then on top of that, you raise your equity. Your net worth will be high. Your legacy will be able to, you know, you're able to pass down these properties down to your legacy. Man, that's and, mean,
1: and, and, that then the, and then and then and then here's the compound interest of right. syndicating, right? right? As you do one deal, another deal, another deal. Right. After you've done it, those same people want to bring bring more money to you, exactly. and you have more proof, more social proof, and now yeah. you got more family and friends like, yo, I want to enter the next yeah. one. Yeah. I want enter yeah. the right. next one. So yeah. it it, it, just, it just compounds and, get, and gets right. easier for you. So like. That's
2: Yep. That's the type of family games we want to be playing. Yeah,
1: like. be, a, be a family fund, be a family fund manager.
2: Yeah. That's a fact, man. man.
1: That's family the way. CEO of your last name.
0: Yep. Yeah. Let's go. I love it. that, man. So, listen, y'all got the cheat codes, Jay. Tell the right. people where they can find you, yeah. tell sure. the people how they can get involved.
1: Plug time. We yeah. thing, oh, man, ain't no shame, man. Listen, Mr. <laughs> Mr. J. Morrison on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Mr. J. Morrison, over a thousand free videos. we got a free training and a link in my Instagram bio right now, free real estate training for you. Again, Mr. J. Morrison. And go to our university. We have um, over a decade of courses, curriculums, books, uh, two best best-selling books at LegacyCenterUniversity.com. We got an amazing mentorship program called the Real Estate Roadmap. I'll teach you how to be a family fund manager A through Z with my younger brother, Art Morrison. He's been in the game now three years, just did over 20 deals, 10 uh, flips of last year, uh, 1.5 million in the last five months, 6 million since he started in total real estate sales. This is my younger brother, 10 years younger than me. I taught him the game. This is legacy in real life. The Real Estate Roadmap, you can find it again on um, by legacycenteruniversity.com. And uh, follow me and uh, hit the DM on Instagram. Peace. Go, man.
2: Hey, let's
0: go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And as always, Jay, what, they, what do people got to do,
2: man? You got to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. But before we go, this is something special we're doing. Anybody that we have as a guest on our shows, we're giving them one of our very own cheat code Leatherman jackets. Y-
1: y'all dope, man. You know y'all got money, man. Y'all dope, nah, man. man. <laughs> like him, man. He's a legacy. Yeah, oh man.
2: man. Yeah, yeah. Morrison, chico.
1: y'all gonna see me fresh with this thing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm about to I'm about I'm I'm about to bust out a all black tunic on him, you know what I'm saying? Like pressed <laughs> on
2: there, Chico community chico,
1: nah. chico the this is yeah. beautiful, man. Listen, yeah. I, I I dropped out of high school. Never got my varsity letterman jacket. This, the first, hey, man. this, 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 man. this is the first one, right? Let's go, man. We got to get you some
2: right. pins yeah. on this. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, some, get that. Get, some get that. house pins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guys, I, I, I will be remiss not to say, also, the legacycenter.com, our building here. Oh, yeah. Anyone in the Atlanta area who wants to do an event, host an event, a conference, a summit, outdoors event, come to our campus, the Legacy Center. And, uh, you know, book a space, man Conference room, we got day passes, all that You travel to ATL airport, got a special business meeting Want to host a podcast? Oh, oh yeah You don't want to host show, a podcast? Man. Come right here, LegacyCenter.com For sure, man we'll Treff Life
2: We'll be on it, man, we'll be the first ones to sign up you. <laughs> oh, Appreciate man. y'all, man, Appreciate you, man.